listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while we break break it all down. down Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we are speaking with Nick and Matt. They are the founders and owners of Leaf Logic Concentrates, which is a single source solventless concentrate company based out of Edmond, Oklahoma. Their personal connection to the plant is what fuels their passion for the cannabis industry. Truly living by the slogan, by patients, for patients, Leave Logic helps provide some of the cleanest medicine in the state of Oklahoma. They're very passionate about the community, growth, and clean medicine in general. Please welcome Nick and head cultivator Matt to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hola. Thank you so much for taking time out of your days to join us. So let's just start from the very beginning. Will each of you share when the first time you consumed cannabis was and where your journey first began? Okay, so, man, I'm going to do this live. (laughs) (laughs) First time I smoked cannabis was um, probably way too young of an age for anyone to smoke cannabis. Well, well, tell us. Uh, 12 years old. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's about what we hear. It's a typical answer. I mean, really, you'd be surprised. Most people are like young teenagers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So I don't feel so bad. All right. right, Reflect on that. (laughs) So yeah, 12 years old, first time I tried it. Um, Didn't, obviously didn't become a consistent smoker in sixth grade, but you know, that was the first time I dabbled in it and friend's dad, you know, hey. Prince Dad, dude, he's got it on the shelf. He pulled it out of the garage. He's like, "We're gonna burn this thing, dude." <laughs> so, uh, no, that was that was definitely a memorable experience. But, wow. Um, I think my like daily use started probably at 16, 17 years old. I think like okay. most people, you know, mm-hmm. like junior, junior yes. year of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, when you kind of start, you know, going through those phases. But, right. Curious. You know, yeah. Just and man, it just started off really as a. I think the first time was just more of like a bonding thing. It was something, you know, my friends got together and it was mm-hmm. just smiles and laughs and <laughs> just vibes. And like that, that became like really just a, like addicting itself, just like having so much fun with your friends. And so, yeah, um, that was probably my first part, first, first real uh, connection with it. Yeah. When did you like use cannabis again afterwards for like, was it? Oh, I know it was consistent. Yeah. So after I started smoking at 16, 17 years old, it was just, um, yeah, never stopped. It just became yeah, part of no, your life. That was part of my life. Yeah. Like it's been, it's okay. Been every day since then. So That's cool. Long time smoker. Yeah. Um, concentrates, obviously started smoking concentrates probably, oh, back when it was the old school shatter you were getting from yeah. Colorado back in 2010, 2011. Yeah. yeah. You were kind of scared. You're like, I don't know about that torch, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm not, what, not sure what you got there. So, yeah. Um, that looks <laughs> that, crazy. Yeah. No, that was a, definitely a fun experience. I have one of my, one of my good friends. It's funny. He didn't realize, you know, I told him probably six months ago, I was like, you know, you gave me my first dab. And he was like, no. And he was like, it kind of took him back. He was like, I can't believe it's just bloomed into this, man. He's like, look at you now. Like, yeah, it's, it's gone. It's That's gone so wild. That is wild. So cool. Yeah. Definitely. What about you, Matt? 
Uh, it was actually with our uh, our propagation manager, Dylan. He was like my neighbor growing up, one of the guys that works in the cultivation with us, uh, Dylan and I. And this was, it was probably around the same time, like 12 years old or seventh grade-ish, and mm-hmm. we were we were all skating around and it was really like having weed was a was a legendary thing we didn't actually have weed but we we had the pipe that weed was smoked out of so <laughs> I, I, that was enough yeah our my first time was was just hitting the the resin out of a pipe in a right. in a little ditch that we called the creek yeah. with my buddy Dylan and a couple other guys but later on probably after 8th and ninth grade we actually were able to find weed. It wasn't yeah. just the the thing of legend anymore. Yeah, but that's funny. I, I feel like we were pretty consistent after that too. Just we'd all put our lunch money together and, mm-hmm. and do a uh, do a little trip on lunch and grab a gram of yeah. of some KB <laughs> or some you know yeah. Some, as as dank finally came around, I feel right. like that was like my as we all got cars fifteen sixteen. Mm-hmm finally found dank too yeah those are that's very nostalgic (laughs) funny to like you just saying all of that just brought me so much nostalgia because it's so funny to think about the ways that we used to consume versus like now like i remember i used to when i worked at apple any like if i got a 15 minute break i would be hopping in my car loading my pipe and hitting that bitch and like (laughs) i would be driving around the mall and ride it and i hit it as much as i can till i had to park and then I'd go back inside and I would just walk in there like nobody's business, eyes blown, smelling, <laughs> and everyone would be like, sob. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I left like this. I'm confused. Yeah, What's right. the problem? It's <laughs> <laughs> just funny. Or just like if I didn't have enough money for Bud when I was younger, like resin hitting the pipe because that's all I had. Just mm-hmm. like so many memories of doing things that I would never do now. That's funny to hear. Like you guys were very early bloomers. I was very late bloomering. I feel like it was always like, cause I'm one of four girls, but it was always them. Like even I'm number two as well. So it was always like my sister's trying everything before I did because I was just like, never had a desire. And I went through like all of high school, like never smoking either. And then it was like, College. College mm-hmm. is when. Yeah. That was it for me yeah. too. Yeah. College. Beginning college. Freshman year of college. But I love to see the diversity though. Yeah. It's cool. Did you guys grow up in Oklahoma? Are you from around here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, born and uh, raised? Born, I was born in uh, Kansas. Moved there. Lived there until, okay. lived there until 2006. Okay. Um, and then uh, moved to Mustang. And okay. Then, uh, right on. Yeah, graduated from there in 2009. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Oklahoma boys. Yeah. So and I was just in uh, Norman. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So just familiar to all of the Oklahoma City area. Yeah. Metroplex. Cool. So we all have our moments when we realize cannabis is more than what we've always known it to be. And it's actually super healing and a very intentional plant. What was the moment that shifted your perspective on cannabis and its magical healing abilities? For me, it was probably, um, I would say, honestly, so before I, you know, before the marijuana industry, I was in restaurants. Um, Restaurants, you know, you can go in, work a double shift and have just a super stressful day. Um, And I remember coming home, you know, I could have the absolute worst day. I could be angry at just anyone that walked up to me. Um, But if I got home and I was able to smoke 
completely changed my mood, completely changed my perspective, um, completely changed how I treated people around me. And so I was like, man, like this thing is definitely doing more than just putting me into couch lock. Like it's yeah. actually, it, it's mm -hmm. continually making me have a better perspective on life if I can use it properly. Yeah. That's really good. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, I would say I, I kind of had some ups and downs with medication in, in high school as far as like, uh, mood stabilizers and, 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 uh, antidepressants and things that just, that were all new, not only to me, but kind of like new to kids and, uh, my parents yeah. and, and just, I feel like, uh, I feel like when I really started to, to feel that that wasn't right for me and cannabis, what, like it wasn't just, uh, like brick weed anymore. And we were actually right. able to get like, uh, things that weren't, you know, we would, we would finally get like some good ounces or we'd get, uh, stuff from the California, yeah. uh, medical, um, just dispensaries or just people that were growing out there. And we, we actually finally got real medicine and I feel like that was kind of a shift too. I, I really didn't click with the things that I tried as far as, uh, just prescribed medicine yeah. and, uh, I, I think uh, going into college and uh, into high school, just really, really having something consistent that I could call medicine was kind of that shift. And uh, finding finding that cannabis was really more beneficial than those things that I was able to get for, from a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you with that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people wanted the option of something that wasn't pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So what would you, how would you guys say like cannabis has benefited your life, like to be where you are now, like, and what you use it for and just as a whole? Um, I think, um, like I said, the biggest, my biggest benefit directly being seeing that like, that's what my business is now. Like it was always, you know, like always kind of a pipe dream whenever living in Oklahoma and seeing the other, you know, medical markets pop up and then the legal markets pop up in Colorado and Oregon. It was like, God, it'd be so cool to like have an, a job in that industry. Yeah. Um, so to like finally get that opportunity to do that here, just with your friends, with the people yeah, you know. For sure. Like that is for me, it's like, dude, that's just, it was a dream. And so like a lot mm -hmm. of the times you, you know, and you can, you can get, it's very easy to forget that in the day-to-day -day operations and through the business. But like, man, if you take back and just look at the perspective of it, it's like, dude, yeah, you know, five years ago, it's 10 years ago, you wish to be exactly yeah. where you are right now. So, so like, rad. Super yeah. true. Yeah, you manifested that yeah, one way or another. Cool. Uh, I, I, I guess. Yeah. I got super lucky. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have any daily cannabis routines that you abide by throughout the day? Like something that just helps you either get started or end the day or even a pick-me-up throughout? Believe it or not, I have a routine of actually, and I know this is going to be counter to what this whole thing is about, <laughs> but like I can't smoke until I get my tasks started for the day. That's a good, that's yeah. a good routine to have. Like, yeah. And yeah. so like, that's like, I don't, I'm not one of like, I have so many friends and like, I know a lot of people, like a lot of, a lot of my close friends, like wake up first thing they do dab. 
Like, yeah. And I've definitely been that way in life before where like, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just obviously being a business owner now and having a lot more on my plate. Yeah. I, I know, feel you. I know that I can't do it anymore because I've, I've seen my productivity. go. Yeah. Like, I wake up and get super high. I'll get to the office and just like, it takes me so much longer to get in that groove of mm-hmm. like getting, mm-hmm. getting productive and like being able to check things off, check things off yes. and go. Yeah. And if I don't get there and get halfway started and like, at least, Hey, these are my tasks and then get a couple of them going, mm-hmm. then I can go smoke. Cause then it's like, all right, I, need I to, agree with you on I that. I deserve one. this. Yeah. yeah. I normally don't yeah. like, it's, it's rare that like, I, that's like the first thing I do when I get up, like I'll have like my mushroom coffee and then like I'll kind of hop on like my computer I'll start doing some things and then when I'm finished with my coffee I'll like try to go eat something and then when I'm done eating that breakfast I'm like okay you can have a dab and let's get the day started you know like that's for me it's not like I roll out of bed and I turn to that like I'm gonna drink some water first for sure too (laughs) but you know what I mean (laughs) yeah and it's not always the first thing we do on the cultivation side, but it, it is a frequent thing we do with just those those long tasks. Like if it's big day of defoliating yeah. for hours or doing fresh frozen or trimming, like we we love to just rip some dabs. Oh uh, yeah, turn I'm up sure. the music a little bit yeah. too loud and just get into yes. it. Either that or we're all in our own headphone world and yeah, some of us are listening to audio books and some of us are just whatever you want to listen to. Jamming out yeah, there. but yeah, I'd say they're they're pretty frequent in our our daily routine. Yeah, that's cool. So in y'all's own words, what would you, would you guys tell us like who you are and what you do for Leaf Logic? So um, what I do currently like day to day, my main job is sales. So okay. I do all the like try to do all the customer facing like, you know, talking, talking to all my, my dispensary owners, my mm-hmm. managers and making sure everybody's staying up to date on the newest products that are coming out, making sure their shelves are good and mm-hmm. making sure their products are moving as quick as they want it to. Um, and then, you know, and a lot of the times I'll, I'll, but I try to do as much as I can and try to help out and, you know, go in the garden and see if I can help harvest or go help in the, in the lab as well. Cause that's really where we all started. That's when it first, you know, at, when we, you know, four years ago, three, four years ago, it was just all of us doing everything. So yeah. washing, just wherever you can have a helping hand. Oh, yeah. 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 Do it all. And so obviously roles have changed, but yeah, now mainly I'm in charge of our sales. Okay. Right on. But you met. Yeah, and like Nick said, uh, at the very beginning, we were all on the lab side, and uh, just over the past couple of years, I've been the head cultivator next next door. So we're, we built out the facility next to us, uh, next to our concentrate facility, and so we have uh, our garden over there. We've got five flower rooms, a okay. big big veg mom room, and and uh, all the all the normal stuff. But we uh, we take care of that on that side and my daily routine is is coming in we we check on the 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 ladies in the garden and and make sure everything's good it's uh we have a little offset schedule uh they get all watered up before we even get there and we kind of rely on that fertigation in the in the morning to to save us on the heat of the day but Mm -hmm. we come in and and check on everything and then it's just a just a four-person team, so I just kind of connect the dots uh, from our our veg team, our propagation team, and we have a couple guys that are are mainly our flower team. So we just make sure everything's running smooth for them. 
uh, going to the grow store, facilitating harvests, which we do uh, about every two weeks. Okay. We're kind of on that perpetual yeah, schedule yeah. to where we uh, just always have a, a different room coming down and we're able to to manage and keep all those flavors that we like That's in, awesome. in rotation. That's, That's awesome. Great. So how did you guys meet and what, where did you, your journey of becoming business partners evolve? So first time I met Matt was actually, um, we, we had, so we had had leaf logic. Um, Matt was working at, uh, another garden in Norman and we were collaborating with them. And so we went down and we were harvesting plants together the first time we ever met. So, um, cool. and that was, that was right at four years ago. Long mm-hmm. time. That's cool. The plant brought you together. Yeah. 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 Look at you That's now. That's cool. <laughs> So, okay, so you guys own and run one of the best hash companies in the state that we both thoroughly enjoy, your hash rosin. Um, where did LeafLogic begin and, like, what was the vision? Like, what made you guys want to get into, like, the cannabis industry with it? Ooh, so I can't can't talk about the start of it without bringing up our other business partner, Corey. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you guys know Corey. Corey's an awesome dude, one of our favorite guys, but... Um, me and Corey have been friends since high school. We've known each other since we were 15. And so we've been cool. super close and his family, his parents have always been like my second family, spent a lot of time over there. And so that's been a consistent relationship for me. But, um, we, he, we, they were the ones that we always talked about it. Like, Hey, when it does come, we want to do it. We want to do it. We want to do it. And so, um, when we, when we started it, that vision was, you know, to start a company that created something that we like to consume. Yeah. Um, so that way we knew we would feel passionate about the quality of it and what we were creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Solventless Hash was, you know, after trips to Colorado and trips to legal markets, being dabbers for those times, we figured out the rosins, what we wanted to make. Like cool. We, we knew that was, we knew where that was, was it. that? We knew that was it, man. And like in the first couple of years of really the, I mean, it got better after the first year, but the first man, 18 months really of that was just an uphill battle in Oklahoma. Like just explaining what rosin was mm-hmm. and explaining mm-hmm. it, trying to really, you know, educate people on its value. And justifying um, the price because 100%. that was a big thing is I remember prices. I mean, they're definitely so affordable in Oklahoma now comparatively when I go to other states. Mm-hmm. But back then it was how do you justify these prices to people who have no idea what hash rosin is or even how to use it? Exactly. They want to know why they're paying, you know, why am I paying 50 for this? And then I'm also paying, you know, 50 for my diamonds. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so mm-hmm. that was kind of like a, a question where you're like, oh, this is like you have really base knowledge. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. But he knew then like education was going to be the biggest part of trying to grow the mm-hmm. solventless market. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, very true. Wow. So, Matt, before you got into like the growing side of things, what mm-hmm. did you do prior to? Because um, I've definitely been we've been growing commercially since uh 788 passed uh-huh. and a um, couple of years under you know under yeah. the radar yeah. before that of in course. Oklahoma yeah. and uh plenty of trimming before that um because we we would always go to Colorado and mm-hmm. the other reason I went to Colorado is because of music and that's the yeah. that was the other big thing for me too aside from kitchen jobs uh like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. I'd I definitely held it down in some Thai kitchens <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> nice. lo- love yeah. Asian <laughs> food. Really? Oh my goodness I, gracious. I uh, was a wok chef for, okay. for a couple years cool. too, but uh, between cooking and uh, working at Guitar Center, that's that's uh, what I did mm-hmm. on, on the day-to-day. 
and where your passion kind of lies. Yeah, and yeah. I always I'm always gonna have music. We a lot of the guys that uh, work with us now are uh, two of them are in a band I'm in right now. That's and, cool. Uh, we we just bonded over that, and that was probably the other thing that cannabis really was infused in as well. Meeting all these people through music and and finding that. Uh, music and cannabis and and different things like that really worked well together. Uh, it was just always, always a bonding thing for us too. But food and music and cannabis, Our I'd say if things. I had to pick three things, yeah. I mean family. Sorry, let me put that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My family is is up there <laughs> too. But yeah. Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. So I totally love the company name. You guys nailed it with Leaf Logic. Did that name just like come quickly to you guys or did you have to like think of it for a while? Because I know the creative process of like coming up with your brand and your company, your logo and your name. It's super exciting or it could be like you're waiting on it, you know, to hit. Believe it or not, it was actually Corey's mom. Yeah. Who came really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Miss Kelly, um, <gasps> super sweetheart. But no, she she came up with the name. Um, you know, after like we all put in, you know, a bunch of different ideas or mm-hmm. whatever. But like <laughs> hers, we were all just like, man, that's great. Like it's something that we knew that <laughs> a woman's we knew touch for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we really? knew that that gave us the opportunity to not just be stuck. We, you know, just consistently only making just concentrates we yeah could, leaf logic could make flour we could make really edibles, yeah. we could do all that good stuff yeah it's, it's such a pretty name yeah like it's so it catchy is. and just like dang that's a good company name yeah. you know so let's transfer that to the logo i see you have it tattooed on your arms I do. and it's a really beautiful logo what because that's a whole process in itself after you come up with a name what was that process like because it's very specific y'all's logo it's not just like an animal or like a name or it's like a or very, your normal looking yeah, leaf. It's very right. specific. So what was the creative process behind that? Um, so the logo was one of the first things obviously that we looked for um, to try to be as significant with it and make it as memorable and make it um, as unique as possible to where, you know, we could do it without letters and people would know still yeah. what looking at. Right. Um, and we, you know, we think we've achieved that. We hopefully we have in Oklahoma, at least where people see the leaf, they know what it is. But um, just, you know, leaf logic in itself is a pretty simple name. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the logo in itself, it's pretty simple. It's just a drop of, you know, whatever that may be beneath a marijuana leaf. Yeah. Um, and the simplicity in that reverts back to the logo. 
Um, and so just being as simple as possible, but then also, you know, the stained glass design is a lot yeah. of people see, like the one I have on my arm, but mm-hmm. Matt's got a different version on yeah, his arm. Yeah, I've just got the, the black. Oh, dope. Oh, cool. black. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. Yeah, all, the, all of us, all the partners, all the owners at Link Logic all have it actually. Oh, on them, so mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. cool. We've all got a Brothers. different version, which is pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, it's yeah, had so a lot of versions. Yeah, sure. it has <laughs> had a lot of versions. And I, yeah, I went definitely bigger than most people did, but this was... You know, you guys, this are you guys blood brothers too? You cut yourselves. Yeah. Don't be surprised. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, that was a part of the initiation <laughs> to lead no, logic. No, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, for someone listening who's unfamiliar with hash rosin, what's the process of creating it? Uh, so we we start with uh, the base material, which is our our cannabis plant. We're we're trying to find the the perfect time to harvest that, and that's gonna we're we're checking on our heads. We're checking on the maturation of of when those trichome heads are, are ready to be harvested. And so we're trying to preserve those and keep those delicate little little balls of oil yeah. and, and goodness and medicine, uh, you know, keep those safe. And we, we do that in a way that we can uh, freeze it almost immediately uh, within almost an hour after it being chopped down. Mm-hmm. We can freeze it and uh, transfer it within 24 hours to our our facility next door. Mm-hmm. So we're we're chopping it. We're we're bucking down each of those buds, taking all the the non uh, medicinal parts. I mean, they're they're still medicinal mm-hmm. in, in a way, but we're taking off everything that doesn't have the THC and the trichomes on it, and we're taking all the water leaves off, and we're we're bucking that down, able to freeze it, transfer it next door to our concentrate side. And uh, within a day, most most harvests we're able to. It's really as fresh and frozen as you can get. It's, yeah, wow. it's able to be processed within uh, a day next door. And uh, do you want to take over as far as yeah, the no, concentrate that, side? That, that is one thing I'll say that is, we're super proud of is that everything that you see normally in dispensaries of ours is really fresh. Um, everything that is on our current menu was a living plant no more than like 14 days ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so, cause everything is such, we're so perpetual with mm-hmm. our harvest and with our sales that, um, we harvest every two weeks. And then by the time the next harvest comes, we have very little product left. And so it yeah. just, it's just continually yeah. always fresh. Yeah. Um, but no, after, yeah, like you said, after it all gets cut down, we comes over to next door, um, from there. We, we, we still do small batch hand wash, mm-hmm. so we don't have mm-hmm. like a, an automated machine or anything like that. Um, and it's not that, you know, we don't want one of those things. Yeah. Um, it's just mm-hmm. that right now we know how to control quality in the way that we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't want to necessarily try to, um, we don't want to, we don't want to risk. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to yeah. risk quality just to, mm-hmm. to speed up the process, but it, you know, we're always looking for ways to speed up. Yeah. The process, I respect but, that though. Yeah. 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 Can't right, rush yeah. nature yeah. and yeah. stuff sometimes. Like, we just, mm-hmm. we know how, we know how we make hash and we, we think that we make a good product. And so, yeah. um, we just continue to do it that way. But yeah, we wash no more than 2,500 grams, um, per, per brute. You know, we're just washing in brutes. We mm-hmm. put it in a 220 micron work bag. Um, we use RO water, RO ice, um, and different recipes for different strains. Some mm-hmm. get soaked for longer. Some get, you know, first stirred for longer. Um, some of them get more than, you know, three washes. Some of them go five, six, seven washes. Some were only for three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all the hash is gathered there, freeze-dried, pressed, and then mm-hmm. from there it gets 
either, you know, grammed up to be batter or teched into jam, preserves, made into carts, um, going into sunny sides, daily sunny delights. Sunny sides, I love mm-hmm. those. Yeah, yeah, the those sunny sides. Jam. Thank you, man. We love those <laughs> That's just too. another food idea that yeah. Yeah, we yeah. just, we're based in the food. Yeah, it's a part I like of our it. culture. Yeah. Well, yeah. even just like the process of mixing it, like I don't like to because I'm like, I have to keep it so perfect. But <laughs> I know people that open up their jars and start mixing yeah. it, and I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, what do you guys do? Um, Personally, I I take like I take a dab of each to mm-hmm. see how they are on their own. Okay, okay. test the waters, and then after that, I mix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never done that. That's a good yeah. idea. It is a good idea. Yeah, that's a good I idea. mean, because sometimes you will like you'll know. Sometimes you might dislike one more than the other. You yeah. Know? And so you're like, I'm gonna dab all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you're like, um, I could throw that in with that and make that go a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of different. Hashtag things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's diff- that's one of the cool things about the creations is that. Everyone consumes them differently. Yeah. Right. So they're, they're pretty fun. Yeah. yeah fun. So you guys said that you did do research in other markets and you have, you know, gone to other states, seen how they've done it. And I remember before someone saying that the Oklahoma hash game has been super <coughs> impressive from the beginning because our scene was super quick. Like we, there was so many people doing hash, not so many people, but comparatively, like a lot of people got in the hash game and started doing really good quality Versus other states I've heard hadn't even caught up for a while with even just batter and stuff. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And even just based on the research you've done on o- other markets, how does the hash here differentiate from other states? And even the hash that you guys make differentiate from other states? Because mm-hmm. even like for me, 710 Labs is the only hash I've tried in o- another state. Otherwise, it's always batter that I see. I don't, or like shatter, or yeah. like I never That's see true. hash rosin. It's so few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely like, oh, the Oklahoma market's different as far as the products you'll see, which I always think is funny. Like, you're right, a lot of the times when you go to Colorado, you won't see a live rosin batter. You'll just mm-hmm. see, it's just live rosin. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's fresh press that's ended up curing into a batter mm-hmm. that you can whip into your own batter because that's the natural progression of the product. But, um, yeah, that's definitely different. But Colorado has, you know, super fire rosin. Like they have mm-hmm. a lot of amazing companies, and I've smoked multiple companies out mm-hmm. there. Tried a lot of really. I good need stuff. to ask you next time I, I know. go there because I feel like oh. we've had horrible luck trying to I find know. rosin. Seven ten. Oh, yeah. When Labs we go is the there, only, yeah, we, or we it's found like seven ten and Telluride, and for whatever reason, I remember it being super cheap. It was like thirty five dollars a gram, yeah. which like. 710 is not known to be that cheap. They Mm -mm. must have been running a deal or something, but I remember the packaging because it was so fucking cool. You don't forget that packaging. Yeah. Yeah. And when we tried it, I was like, oh shit, like this is great, but that's all that I've tried. Otherwise, I feel like it's, we've not had, we just need, I guess, the right places. Oh man. Laser Laser Cat is one of my favorites. They make some super fire stuff and like they have an interesting facility. They're up at like 10,000, 11,000 feet. Oh wow. Where at? Um, in Colorado, where but is it at? In Colorado, do you know where Laser Cat stuff is? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. I have to look up where it's. I mean, it's. I know it's like kind of like I don't know if it's near a town. It's kind of their own spot. Just okay, like I never heard of it. It's a dope little name though. Yeah. 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 Their branding is awesome too. Yeah. Cool stuff, but no, just it's cool out there because they've been they've had their market for so much longer, and so a lot of oh, the hash wow. companies have had the ability to breed their own strains and do a lot more, you know, genetics hunting and things like that, and so they have their flavors are a lot more diverse. Yeah. Um, you can find some cool stuff. Okay. Yeah. We have to It's a very heady looking out. company. I just went to their website really quick. It's very <laughs> heady. Yeah. It's dope. 
<laughs> and uh, check out Okta too. It's like A K T A. Okay. Uh, they're kind of paired up with Hava Gardens, which is H A V A, and they're they're, I mean, they're not completely owned by Oklahoma people, but some of the people that I used to live with uh, in Norman too ended up we all went on separate paths and they ended up pretty much doing the same thing just in a, di- a totally different state oh, cool. uh, so there's some there's some cool oklahoma people doing yeah hash cool. in, in other places in colorado Sick. too that's so cool to know i know that is good to know so how would you guys say that you stay consistent in a market that's always changing with brands you know coming and going you know you guys have seemed to be that's right not stuck around that's not proper English (laughs) you guys seem to have been around since the beginning for a while right and not every you know good every company does that so like how do you guys stay consistent in a market that's inconsistent or you know ever-changing uh I mean I I feel like it's our team and most of that we can we can call family I feel like every everybody is so tight and the things that could could make some things crumble uh really just we've been resilient in those areas and i feel like our teamwork and and the the way that we're able to be so close like we're we're so tight-knit and right next door to each other mm-hmm. we can if we need to talk to our our grow we just walk outside and can can talk to them and and really dial in what we're what we're looking for and and uh be able to you know not it, not everything happens overnight in the grow world, but we're able to mm-hmm. pivot and we're able to almost turn on a dime to be able to to stay relevant, whether it's our own flavors or our own taste or or uh, just what we're able to to hear through the market. Yeah. I feel like uh, you just have to pay attention to to what people want and what uh, what people are asking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that goes that kind of goes into Nick, you doing sales people what people want and what people ask for sales is very hard because they're asking dispensaries and every dispensary is so different and their patients are so different and their price points are so different so what would you say has been the biggest challenge about you being in sales if if you if any that you feel like not it gets you down but you're just like fuck, i have to deal with this again like you know, just this the one thing that you're just like, this is always a challenge, how like that you wish not necessarily that you wish the community the, the other people can relate to yeah, I'm would sure. like kind of get I mean, over. Honestly, I think the hardest thing is um is the difference in pricing that like mm. that you see between dispensaries. Yeah. Um and you know, the one thing that we are always able to stand on is that we charge everyone the same price. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how much you order, like okay. you can't we don't do bulk discounts, so, like everything, everyone pays the exact same wholesale price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and that keeps us honest and that keeps us knowing that no matter what, whenever somebody does get upset about that, that we can always tell them like, Hey dude, we're not doing anything for them that we yeah. don't do for you. Yeah. Um and they don't you know and different dispensaries use rosin as different things you know what i mean like a lot of people use that traditional double it up you know everything we buy we got to sell it for double 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that for me, like I don't think that works with everything in a dispensary. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work that way with everything in any other type of store that you mm-hmm. go into. You don't yeah. need to double up on everything. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, rosin is the one thing that it's it's a t- it's a tad bit more exclusive mm-hmm. it seems to come and go quickly flavors that are really popular don't stick around for long and yeah. so yeah. it is one of those things that will bring traffic into your store um, yes and so a lot of people use it for that reason they mm-hmm. use it as their loss leader as what they would call it so mm-hmm. we're like hey we don't really care if we make money on this um, we just know that these people are going to come in, they're going to buy this rosin, but mm-hmm. people who smoke rosin are the best type of customer to have because they are smokers. And yeah. so yeah. people who buy rosin also buy flour. They mm-hmm. also buy edibles. They mm-hmm. also buy vapes. Yeah. Like we consume everything because we're smokers to our core. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the type of people you want in your store. And so people use it for different marketing tactics with their rosin. Um, and people get upset at me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when other dispensaries do things like, man, I wish I had more control over it. Yeah, but but that's on the dispensary if they're able to do that or not. Yeah. And at the same time, like, dude, like I said, I sell sell it to them for the same price I do to you. You're being fair all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying, though, with Mm -hmm. different prices of different brands and similar processes Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. So on the grow side, Matt, what's Mm -hmm. your favorite thing about taking care of the plants and just getting to be surrounded by them like on a daily basis? Yeah, they they really do just grow up so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting to see that whole process. And since we have so many, you know, and I I get to be corny for just a little bit, but I'm a real dad, too. And just uh, it's it's just really cool to see something, see your energy kind of turn into something the Mm -hmm, fruition of mm -hmm. that uh and all those those days and those hours you get to really see it uh and not not everything you get that visual affirmation but uh it's really cool to we have so many different rooms and strains and different cycles that we can kind of see uh go into our building and see something that's fruiting something that's you know, just a, a baby clone and something that's getting chopped down. And it's really, uh, it's really cool to see that full process come to fruition so often. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a great process. And I feel like it's given us so much information on, on, uh, what works for us too. We've had the opportunity to, uh, just go through so many strains and, and, uh, thank goodness for our, our, partner Corey too and just having having so many flavors and so many options and so many seeds to pop uh we've just been blessed with the opportunity to to see all these these different types of plants that would work for for hash rosin and some that don't and uh, we're definitely venturing into to different things uh whether that's curing flour or curating uh, rolled products or you know we're we're working on things like that, but it's it's just been so great to to see so many of these these plants and different types of strains grow yeah, up. Yeah, I'm and, sure. Yeah, and uh, that that really we were talking about it earlier, just like the the euphoria or the the giddiness of mm-hmm. opening a jar or a new smell. Mm-hmm. Just some of those strains have five or six phenos yeah. of each one that have a a great smell like that. So mm-hmm. it's just a a lot of just sensory pleasure and sticky mustaches sticky mustaches we love the flavors yeah. but yeah just so many and just so many fun things to talk about in the grow so was integrating the grow and or it just was having a grow and then 
processing hash always a part of the plan, doing it at like simultaneously at the same time, or did so one come after the other? So yeah, processing was first. Like okay. we we built that like working with other farms in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, always was the goal to have a single source grow because yeah. that's how you control quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the you know and that's also how you control the flavors. Yeah. And that's you know that's where it all starts. It has to be done with intention. Like the plant has to be treated from the very start. That hey, this is going to be washed. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and you have to treat it that way from start to finish. And if you don't, it doesn't create you know the ideal hash in the end. Yeah, it's. I think that's cool if correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you guys are the only hash makers that are growing to produce single sourcing hash. Am I correct about that or am I wrong? I feel like that I know of anyways. No, there's definitely a couple more in Oklahoma, like uh, the Divine Collection. They, okay. Those guys, mm-hmm. you know, they've been breeding and like doing this stuff yeah. for years and years. I mean, so like their knowledge is just like crazy when it comes to like hash and like hash plants and stuff. And so, um, no, definitely some really experienced growers and hash makers in Oklahoma. Um, Hilltop Gardens, another yeah. single source grow. and Synergy. Uh, yeah, Synergy, yeah. another single source garden and grow. Um, and probably some more we're forgetting about. But no, there's definitely a few out there. I always wonder what, because we talked about us not having tried your flower before. So I always like, because the hash is so great that I'm like, damn, I would love to be able to get my hands on the flower. And it's, you know, single source people just usually use it for hash, and right. which is great. But I'm like, damn, I would love to roll <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> so from being in the different positions that you guys are in, what's some advice that you have learned or gained along the way that you would like to pass along to someone listening? Ooh. Um... <laughs> don't take anything personal like that's that's like that's like the biggest thing is solid yeah no Mm -hmm. like you know when we first started making hash and stuff and like it is your passion it's very easy for you to get super offended when someone doesn't like your product or Mm -hmm. and you know and like it could just be a difference of palate it could just be maybe they don't like dabbing or maybe they had it you know they dabbed it wrong and they weren't educated on how to you know there's so many different variables that could go into it but like I used to just like take that to the heart and almost be like, dude, I'm going to make that person like my stuff. Yeah. You know what I yes. mean? And sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's all right. Not everyone's going to like what you're doing. And, right. Um, and then maybe just they, maybe you will find a flavor eventually that they enjoy, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just don't take it personal. Don't let it, you know, ruin your day when you know it can't make everyone happy. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That is really good. That's solid. What about you, Matt? You got anything? Yeah, I would just say on top of, I mean, just to touch on what he said too it's 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 hard not to to treat all these plants like your babies and there's so many new strains it's if one doesn't end up washing well you yeah. know you can't take that personally or you know, Ooh, I'm sure yeah there's times to, that you just gotta let it go and, yeah and, teaches uh, you a lot of things huh yeah but mm-hmm. on top of letting it go you just gotta stay consistent you gotta mm-hmm. just keep showing up keep coming in keep, yeah keep watering and keep putting the love in because it you know, it really does multiply and it's just, uh, it's, it's something that you can see every day. And I feel like, uh, just staying consistent and staying, staying true to that process and, and true to the things that you started. Right. You know, it just, it, it shows and it pays off. So just, just keep doing it. Yeah. That's cool. Whatever you're doing. I like that. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. 
Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So we ask everyone this question, but what's a stigma surrounding cannabis that you guys would like to see changed? Man, I hate that people think all these stoners are just lazy people. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, we smoke weed all day and do stuff. Yeah. All day. And yeah. Like, we have you weed, sling yeah. hash yeah. and yeah. you yeah. smoke yeah. hash yeah. Like, all we, day. Yeah, like, we, we run a company, you know, that we've been able to, we've been able to hire, you know, you know, 14, 15 of our friends. And, like, right? the thing is, like, everyone who works with us is not just, you know, someone that we've, it's all people that someone has known for years. See, you know you're just, I mean? like, helping everyone out. You know, like, yeah. so much love in that, too. You know, and, and it feels that way. Like, it's been awesome to see, like, to be able to, like, provide that place where people can, you know, make a living and, yeah. like, you know, and enjoy doing what they do. And so that's that's the best part. But yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a two way street too. Cause you're, you're just so close to the process. And so are they like, you get to, they get to see what they're putting into it and what comes out of it too. And we're all, we're all just on that, that level to where it's just, you're able to see the love that you put in Yes, and uh, doing that with people that you know, and you know, their intentions, you know, it's, right. It does take a lot of, a lot of time to find people that you trust in this, mm-hmm. you're right. This yeah. industry or just business right now. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's nice to, to just know everybody's intentions and know that, that everything's for love and for the, for the patient, for mm-hmm. that, that end product and that end experience. Very yeah. Full circle energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love to hear it's it. Well said. Well, guys, I think this wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for taking time out of both of your days to be here with us and join and just share a little bit about what you guys are doing. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for having us. Absolutely. For those of you that want to keep up with what they're doing and see some bomb-ass hash rosin, check out LeafLogic Solventless on Instagram. Thank you to every single person that tuned in today. And as always, Bran, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.